Hi guys, I'm Nick Bester. I'm the founder of Best Athletics. And today I am joined by a very special guest, um, someone that I look up to in the YouTube world. I've watched a lot of his videos. Um, he has over 250,000 subscribers, um, some videos with some, some really big views, um, including one with over 4 million views. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Mark Lewis. Hi, thanks for having me. Cool, absolute pleasure. And you know what? If I look at one of the videos that really caught my attention initially, um, and I think it caught a lot of our attention in the running world, because we want to know just how quick Kipchoge runs and and obviously um, having done that marathon in sub two hours. Um, I was inspired by your video to actually try it myself. So just this week recently, I, I gave it a go. But yeah, I mean, talk us through it. It was incredible to, to watch it. Um, how did you find the whole experience and how... Honestly, like how hard, but of behind the scenes info, did you find running at his speed? I know you you, you made two videos about it. Yeah, in fact, I've, I've kind of done a few now. In fact, we, we, so the first video was inspired uh, because I saw a video put up by, actually, I forget who even put the video up. Basically, it was a it was a setup where they had the, the giant travelator machine running at uh, a fitness expo or somewhere, and they had people trying to run at Kipchoge's pace on this giant treadmill. If you've not seen it, I mean, just imagine a, a giant treadmill. You know, things about eight feet across and sort of twenty-five foot, thirty foot long, and you, you it goes at Kipchoge's pace, and you try and run on it, and when you can't run anymore, you you fall over quite comically. So I, I saw that taking place, and I thought that's got a huge number of views. Was my uh, was my my first impression? I thought I'll, I'll go and make the same. Uh, but I have no access to that equipment, so I'll just go to my local gym. I'll drag my kid along with a camera. Uh, we'll we'll jack the treadmill up to Kipchoge pace, and I'll run on it, and we'll make a video, and maybe twelve people will watch it. And so that's what we did. We just spent fifteen minutes in my local gym. I started off running slow, and then ran at Kipchoge pace. I say ran at Kipchoge pace. The treadmill in our gym only went to twenty kilometers per hour, and Kipchoge's pace for his certainly for his sub two uh, marathon was. Uh, slightly above 20 kilometers per hour. So it wasn't quite fast enough, but I ran on it anyway. And yeah, I mean, it exhausted me. I mean, it was, it was incredibly hard. I mean, I should, I should add, in case anyone's unaware, uh, I'm six foot six. So what is that? 198 in, in centimeters, uh, about 220 pounds, so 100 kilos. So I'm, I'm about as far removed as you can get from Kipchoge, <laughs> who's about five foot six and about 55 kilos. So I'm kind of double his weight and, and a foot taller. So it, it was very, very hard for me, as it would be hard for anybody. I think I lasted maybe three minutes, two, two and a half minutes. It wasn't very long. I mean, it certainly wasn't two hours. It just two minutes. And, and it was two minutes. Just now. Yeah, two minutes. Right. Oh, there you go. So I mean, it was so long ago, I can't remember. And then I crumbled on the floor. And I, I had this footage of me basically doing that. And I came back home and thought, well, yeah, that's what is that? that yeah, where's the story there? Because I like my videos to be a, a bit more than just here's what I did. So I sort of constructed it into a, a sort of a tale of how anybody running at any pace from real slow to Kipchoge pace might recognize their pace at various points on that on that journey. So for example, you know, here's here's a 45-minute 5k park run pace, and, and and now it's a 30-minute park run, and now it's a whatever, one and a half hour half marathon or something. And the idea being that people that could do those would sort of go, hey, that's me. That's, you know, I recognize that pace. And, and, and wow, it's still so far removed from what Kipchoge is doing. So we did that. We stuck the video up. And, and yeah, it, it, it did very well. And then, yeah, then I, and then we did a couple more where we went to the, an actual running track 
And then most recently, I actually found the guys that owned the giant treadmill and went and ran on the actual giant treadmill. So, so yeah, they're the things I've done. And at every point that the backdrop to it has been, yeah, Kipchoge is running fast. I mean, people watch him on TV or, or indeed any distance runner and think, wow, that guy's jogging real quick. You know, that's not what he's doing. He's running at a speed that most people can't run at full stop. Forget two hours. Most people can't run, as we discovered, they can't run around a track at his speed. I mean, he's doing one minute, I think it was one minute, eight yeah, second right. laps. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so 68 seconds. And obviously, if you're, if you're a good athlete, you're, you're probably going to go quicker than that for a lap. Um, I, I can for a single lap. But, but Joe Bloggs off the street, yeah, most of them aren't getting close to that. And they certainly aren't doing it for two hours straight. So, yeah, it, it highlighted how, how how incredible he is, which is what we wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the coolest things about the running sports is that everyone can try it, right? It's like you can actually just try and get a perspective of how good the world's best are. And that's the cool thing about replicating that down to a 400-meter rep uh, in 68 seconds is that the everyday runner can actually try. Whereas if you're in a different sport, you can't just, you know, go and face a ball at Brett Lee's pace or, you know, get tackled by Peter Steff to toy in rugby or something like that. So that's where it's really cool. And, and a massive part of why um, I love running so much is that it's level for everyone. Like Kipchoge, okay, that was a specific challenge. But if you look at Calvin Kiptum's world record that he did in Chicago, you know, you've got 40, 50,000 people doing the race in those conditions as well. It's the same for everyone. And I just love that we can put things into perspective for the everyday runner. And I think one of the really cool things about your video is that you, you make it relatable. So, you know, people see themselves throughout that, those paces and think, oh, is that, that's what my legs look like when, when they're going at sort of seven minutes a K, six minutes a K, five minutes a K. So, yeah, really cool. Just going back to that video. And I know because I can probably relate in some sort of way. Sometimes it's those videos that take quite quick to make that you think, let's give it a shot and you don't think it'll get much traction that tend to blow up so how much time actually went into making that video um compared to some of the others that you've planned and how much traction did it get compared to some of the others and why do you think that is do you think it's because of youtube algorithms or do you think it's just because it was relatable and something that people wanted to watch uh yeah I mean, the answer to that question is um the bottom line is absolutely no idea, really. I mean, part part of the frustration of being a YouTuber is that it isn't. I mean, on the one hand, it's not a science uh, because you are you're doing something creative and you're then trying to appeal to people's um, yeah their imagination, their motivation. I mean, it's it's, a, it's an emotive thing, uh, and 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 that isn't a science. You can't just say, well, if you do this, this will happen. And on top of that, you then have the YouTube algorithm, which is. I mean, that probably is a science, but it's a science that's beyond me. So everything that goes into the sort of the, into the melting pot to create a great video is, is I mean, those are ingredients that are just very hard to kind of select. So to, I mean, to answer your question specifically, it took very little time to make the video because because making, I mean, there's different parts to a process of, of, of making a video. Typically there's, for me, and I, I differ a lot to many other YouTubers, there's writing the video, so I, I write and script my video, and then there will be shooting the video, and then there's editing the video, kind of, which is kind of the creation process. Uh, for me, that one didn't require much writing in advance because we sort of just spur the moment, just went to the gym and filmed it. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes we just film something and then have the footage and look at the footage and think, okay, now we write the story. What's the story here? 
So filming it, very, very quick. Writing the story to go with it is then a laborious process that takes, I mean, it, it can take, it can easily take days. I mean, it, it can take weeks to write a, to write, I mean, people often think, what you talk about writing, it sounds very kind of pretentious for a YouTube video, and, and, and maybe is, because other people might just take the footage and think, let's just throw it up on YouTube and we're, we're done. But but I like to kind of, I like to be able to look at my video afterwards and think, okay, that was a setup, that was the, the kind of conflict that I overcame, and that's the resolution, and, and write a story, basically. And, and so that part is a bit long-winded. And, and, then, and, then, edit, and then actually filming the, 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 the kind of the conversation I'm having with the camera, and, and so, for example, that that footage of Kipchoge, it wasn't just pictures of me running on the treadmill. Over the top of it, you've got me kind of documenting what I did and giving it some context and hopefully giving it some humor as well. Filming, that's pretty quick. But then editing it all together, because I have little idea, especially then, little idea about what I'm doing in terms of video editing, because I don't know, I'm, I'm self-taught. That then is is also very long. So so the long 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 answer to, to an easy question probably took about a week to create that video. I mean, and in terms of what other videos can take, that's probably about standard. We try and put up a video a week, and it and it, it does really require a week of work to get a finished product, and that's working full time. I mean, I don't people sometimes think that we just we just kind of do very little because they'll, they'll think a video is made on a Saturday and uploaded on a Sunday, and we've then got the week off. But but the reality is the videos are normally filmed on a Sunday, uh, then worked on all week, uploaded on a Sunday, and it immediately starts again. Uh, in terms of what we, yeah, you know, when we upload something, do we think that's gonna, you know, that's had a large amount of work, so it's gonna do well? That that ratio isn't really it. I mean, sometimes there are things we think that should do well, and it may or may not have been a large amount of work. I mean, a good example is I did a video recently where I tried to race against. Uh, the world's fastest nine-year-old yeah, park runner. Uh, yeah, and I that was a that was a sort of video where I thought this has the potential to to get some traction. It, it's a nice story. Um, it, you know, the thumbnail is going to look funny because it's me huge and him tiny. Uh, th th yeah, this has all the kind of ingredients of, of something that will go and and do well, and and it did. So. That was an example where we thought it's going to take a lot of time to film. You know, we have to travel, we have to film it, we have to edit it. We, we constructed the edit in such a way that it was a, a, a pleasant thing to watch. It wasn't just kind of GoPro footage of someone running around a track. There was more to it. And, and we uploaded it and we thought this should do well. And it did, which is all good. But then equally, we've had identical videos in terms of thought process, but we thought this will do well. It's taken time, it's taken effort. We upload it and, and it just falls flat. So... Um, you know, it, it's very, very hard. When, when something goes viral, it, I mean, virals are, you know, different people would define viral differently. Um, you know, Mr. Beast wouldn't regard 4 million views as, as viral, but but I, for me, we, we would. So when it goes viral for us, we normally know why. The, you know, we can look at it and go, okay, we see why that happened. But, but frustratingly, when it doesn't go viral, um, or indeed even do well, we can't necessarily tell why. That, that's the, but that's the frustration of YouTube. Um, and equally, I've done videos where I've thought, you know, I've got nothing to talk about this week. So I'll just talk about some, you know, five things I did last year that kind of made me a bit more positive than normal. And I just kind of I just talk to camera and stick it up. And and then, you know, it goes and does a few hundred thousand views. And, and we just, we think, crikey, we might as well just do that every week. So it's just very, very hard. I mean, being a YouTuber is... Um, I mean, I say it's very, very hard. Clearly, that you know, there's, if, if you've just come back from, I don't know, doing a proper job, you're probably thinking, "What's this idiot talking about?" It's not hard at all. 
um, it, it, it's very hard to know what's going to work. That, that's for sure. I mean, I, I can relate myself. Um, and thanks for, for giving us a, quite a lot of insight there. I think a lot of us will just watch your video and no one really thinks it takes a week to make this video, like a 10 minute video, right? Um, and I think that's given context to a, a lot of us watching next time. We're going to think, okay, cool. You know, there's, there was a lot of planning in this. Um, the filming was the quickest part and then editing, getting your points across. And I think like on, on to that point, um, as far as video editing goes, you say you pretty much self-taught, you, you're sort of grasping things as you go along. You're obviously pretty up to speed at the moment. Are you editing your own videos? Are you in a position where you can completely edit them or do you still get a little bit of help to try and you know get them really looking world-class in certain stages? Um, I, yeah, I've never had any help. Every every video you'll ever have seen of mine ever has been created entirely by me. So on, on day one, I knew nothing. And, and I've just kind of progressed slowly. So for example, what will happen is that um, I'll often watch another person's video and I'm very, very mindful of not ever copying somebody else. It's very, very easy if you if you like other people to suddenly find yourself churning out what you think is what they would do, and it, it just it just it just comes across very badly. So I'm very mindful of not doing that. But I'll see a tiny thing they do and think, oh, I like that, um, and I then learn how to do that. So a good example is that park run uh, video with the, with a little kid. I'd seen somebody else's video where they had a graphic displaying how fast a car was going, I think it was. And as the car drove along the track, the graphics stayed uh, positioned beside the car despite it moving around the screen. I thought, oh, that's really cool. No idea how that's done. Uh, and again, people that know video editing are probably thinking this is, you know, kind of day one lessons. Oh, I had no idea. So I go off and I find out how and I learn how. And I then implement it in that video. And as I'm running along, there's little graphics of me saying how fast I did that lap that sit beside me despite me moving around the screen. And so I try and learn something like that every time, but but yeah, it does take it does take a long time. I mean, as a, a good example of of all of that kind of encompassed into into one is that I watched a lot of Mr. Beast videos recently, and I, I realised that uh, this might appear obvious when I'm watching his stuff. In in the first ten seconds, fifteen seconds, there will have been just an absolute just a non-stop barrage of cuts and edits and things flashing up on the screen. I mean, your senses are just overloaded. It, it's, 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 it's non-stop. And in contrast, when you watch a lot of fitness YouTubers, um, particularly at the, at the sort of the smaller end, I mean, the, the, the guys that are nailing it know what they're doing, but, but at the smaller end, at my end, a lot of fitness YouTubers will start with a kind of chat to camera and they're making a coffee and they're kind of like, you know, Hey, here's my day. It's going to, and, and within a minute, a minute's gone, and actually all that's happened is they're still talking to you in their kitchen about what they're going to do. And I thought, okay, well, Mr. Beast isn't an idiot. What I need to do to stand aside from the, the other fitness YouTubers is, is have content that in the first 30 seconds has so much going on that people almost are too dazzled to, to skip to something else because that's the reality. The reality is that someone turns on a video and, and they are likely to skip to the next video because that's what we do. We just scroll, scroll, scroll. So you need to grab them. So my introductions now normally take place in about 40 seconds before I go to a sort of a credit scene. And I try and make that 40 seconds to just have a, a constant stream of stuff, whether it's text flashing up on screen or imagery or, or cuts or edits. I have things going on. And that means that that first 40 seconds can easily take me five hours, six mm -hmm. hours sometimes to do that 40 seconds because if I don't have people entertained for those 40 seconds, they aren't there for the, the next nine and a half minutes anyway. 
So in terms of duration, I mean, sometimes my wife will come in and say, how's the video going? And I say, yeah, I'm on, I'm on second 32. And she says, it's been, it's been a day. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, I, I, might get, I might get the intro finished by tomorrow. After that, it flows a bit more readily because once you've got people on board, you, you can kind of back off a bit and you can be a bit more uh, graceful with your presentation. But for me, those, those initial 30, 40 seconds, I want people to just think, um, well, well, the most important thing is I want them to not think, uh, where's this going? I mean, a good example, again, is Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast, if he's doing a video about trapping people on a desert island, He'll start on the desert island. You know, that's where the, it's bang. We're on an island and this is going to happen. There's no kind of, and, and, and again, there's no, here's how I bought the island. Here's us getting to the island. Here's, here's why we're doing it. There's none of that, which of course most people would be compelled to do. So a good example of that in the fitness world is if you're watching somebody that's taking part in an event, often that person will start their content by saying, oh, well, I'm off to an event today, and here's me in the car, and here's me getting ready, and here's me putting on my race bib number. And, and what I like to do is, is to just go, I'm in an event, and it's happening, and here we go. And, and if I need to cover putting on a bib, I'll talk later on about before this event, I put on a bib. But I want to get into the fact that I'm doing that race, and it's happening there, and it's, you know, boom, off we go, which it, which it, it's a Mr. Beast thing. It's It's... We're on the island. Kind of who cares why? You know, you've got a million questions. Like, how did you get an island? Forget that. That's not important. We're on it and we're off. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, but okay. So being a full-time YouTuber, right? I know you said sometimes you spend like four to five hours creating the first few seconds of the video as they're the most important. Yeah. Obviously, YouTube, um, you know, it's predominantly your full-time job and stuff like that. But how frustrating is it spending that much time for such a small section of watched footage obviously it's the most important but is there an element of frustration the reason why i'm asking is because i spent about five hours making my video uh two days ago which i thought would take about an hour and a half so uh i'm not a full-time youtuber um but that extra three and a half hours was like i was like ah. Oh, I'm enjoying making this video, but it's eating into my, you know, my training time. It's eating into my, my sort of client time. And these videos for me always seem to take longer than expected. Um, and obviously the more effort and stuff you put into it, maybe I'll get a bit better at video editing one day. But do you feel that same sort of sense of frustration sometimes when you're spending so long on such a small portion of the video, um, but it's worth it at the end of the day because you know it is? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, I feel frustration. And I should also add that, that because some people now, especially if uh, I know what will happen, people that are decent video editors will watch some of my intros and think, what, what's this joker taking, you know, this is this take me half an hour, and they'll, they'll be sending me emails saying, you know, let me do your editing. So part of that lengthy process comes down to my, just, just my current level of ability. Um, and part of it comes down to my persistence at, at trying to perfect something that doesn't need to be perfect. I think Casey Neistat is a YouTuber that I watched a lot uh, who said, yeah, um, uh, perfection is the enemy of good enough or something to those, along those lines. Basically, it, you know, there, there, there comes a point where you think this this will do and, and, and the extra work required to get it even better just becomes not worthless, but you're, you're, um, you're getting kind of diminishing returns for, for ongoing effort. So that also causes it. And I'm not very good at, at saying that will do. And I, and I should say that will do sooner. So there's that. 
But uh, but no, ultimately, it takes a long time. And it's very frustrating, and I wish I could do it quicker. 100%, 100%. Couldn't agree with you there more. Okay, so I put up on my Instagram um, a question poll to see if anyone had questions for you. There were quite a few questions, but I'll just run through a couple of them. Yeah. yeah. The first of which, and you're obviously not a coach, but you've gone through this transformation yourself, so you can give advice in your personal capacity on how you felt. Yep. As a run, as a lot of us are hearing how important strength and conditioning is, um, I'm a coach myself and, you know, I encourage my, my athletes to do it. But someone uh, in your case that has recently gone through a transformation, as we call it, almost the dad body look you went for. Um, and then you, mm. you ran before sort of during that phase. You're now looking, you know, pretty in pretty good shape at the moment. I'm on, I'm on the way back. Yeah. Okay. You're on the way back. I can tell. I can see your some nice um, heat bones coming through. Yeah. There. Um, but yeah. anyways, how like important is that strength work um when you're sort of out of shape to get back into shape to get to perform to your best of your abilities uh for, for me strength i mean strength work is uh i i almost don't i and again the, the, i'm helped by not being a proper athlete in the sense of i'm not a competitive athlete so i'm just someone that's trying to stay fit and healthy so i i almost i don't really look at it as strength work i just look at it as some days i go to the gym and i lift heavy things and sometimes I go out for a run and, and, and I don't, so I don't, I don't kind of segregate it in any way. I have very, a very, very loose training program. You wouldn't even call it a training program. I just wake up and think, what do I feel like doing today? Unless I'm training for something very, very specific. So um, at the end of the week, if I looked back and thought, oh, I ran three times, I did, a, I did a bike ride on Zwift, I did a bunch of stretching, but I didn't lift anything heavy at all. I would kind of feel like I'd missed something and vice versa if I'd only lifted. So is it important? Yes, but, but but I don't need to think about it because that's like saying, you know, is it important to put on, you know, a T-shirt along with my jeans? Yeah, I just kind of put all my clothes on as I need them. So it, the strength, that just happens. I just happen to do that. I mean, it, it, one of the reasons at the back of my mind for doing it is, I, again, I'm six foot six, and if I just did endurance training, I would, I would, I would take on a, a slightly different look. Uh, I would be very tall, very lean, uh, and there is... I mean, I, I like looking the way I look for me, but there's no doubt it, it plays, I mean, almost unfortunately, it plays better on YouTube in the fitness world if you if you look, and bottom line is that to a certain extent, the, the bigger and more jacked you are, you know, the, the, the more views you're going to get. Uh, that, it'd be great if that wasn't the case, but but that isn't. So I, I can't look too average all the time. I need to look... I need to look muscular. One of the things I have going for me is that I am big and heavy, but can still run. And the easiest way to convey that I'm big and heavy is to look quite big and heavy. So, so I, I, I still, so that's why I strength train. But, but for me, if I wasn't doing YouTube, yeah, I'd wake up one day and think, I, and today's a good example. I've done no training at all, at all today, so I have to train later on. And at the moment, I've got no idea whether that's going to be an hour's run or, or get in the gym. I don't know. But whatever it is, it'll be the opposite tomorrow. I just kind of bounce around doing a wow. bit of everything. We live in different universes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm obviously a, a marathon runner, so I know exactly what I'm doing on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And um, I'm sure a few people can relate to me and to you. Yeah. Um, and and if, if I don't get my session in on that day, I've kind of, I, I judge my days of the week by knowing what sessions I'm doing. So I do a track or interval session on a Tuesday. And there's been times in the past where my little one's been sick or, you know, the race schedule means I have to change things or there's travel. So I end up doing track on a Wednesday 
and my whole week is completely thrown off. I don't know what day of the week it is. And yours is just different. You wake up, uh, do I feel like this? Do I want to do this? Maybe I'll do that one day. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in an hour's time. But I'll be doing something. I say I'll be doing something. It's a Friday. So uh, actually, I even had to check myself. Was it even Friday? It is. Um, I, I may even just take the day off. I mean, it's, and if I do, I don't care. I'll do something tomorrow instead. Um, what, one of the benefits I have is that I'm 50. And uh, at 50, you, you don't care less, but, but you're a bit more selective about what you care about. I've done many, many things and seen many things. And, and, and when I look back on the things that are important to me, none of those things, none of those highlight reels in my kind of head of my life are, are races I ran or, you know, deadlifts I managed and stuff like that. It, 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 it's, you know, it, it's, I don't know, it's traveling across Namibia on a motorbike and, and or it's, it's being on the, you know, the peaks of the mountains in the Pyrenees and seeing sunsets and stuff. And so I value my health and my fitness and I value the training that gives it to me, but I don't stand it on a pedestal. And I don't need to because I'm not, a, again, I'm not a competitive athlete. So I get away with, you know, when people say to me, well, I don't do that because I need to win the next race because that's what I do. Makes perfect sense. For me, um, it, it simply doesn't matter. I don't, I don't live in, as you say, we're, we're in, we're in different worlds. Um, and, and, and which is cool. That's what makes, that's what makes life so exciting. And I love talking to people about their compulsions to, to dominate the world they're in. I love talking to elite sports people because it's just such a fascinating insight into a different world for me. So, so yeah, so no, I, I, I love hearing everyone's different versions of how they get through the day for me. <laughs> Mine's pretty, mine's pretty I mean, easy. Hearing you explain it, I think a lot of runners that are relating to the way I train and the way the weekly schedule has to look, it kind of makes us a little bit jealous in a way because it must be nice to live a life like that. So in my mind, I keep saying, I think the next, you know, sort of five or so years are probably my peak years of running. And, um, you know, I've worked up into this position um to try and give things a really good go and then i hope by the time i am sort of you know 50 your age other side i'll wake up and be like mm, i feel like playing golf today or uh let me take the dog on this park run type thing but yeah i keep saying that but um at the moment the thing that really you know excites me is just you know trying to improve because i know it's a limited time and uh, i'm on the verge it was interesting because yeah you see you you have a limited time left uh at your peak my peak has long since gone. I have a limited time left on Earth, <laughs> so it, it's a it's a different thing. You know, if someone if someone said to you, "You've got you know a week of your peak left. What do you want to do?" You would probably pick to do something that maximised the fact you've got a week of peak left. You might go and race. If someone said to me, "You've got a week on Earth left," I'm not running anywhere. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm taking my wife. Uh, and maybe my kids, depending on how well they behave, they are, and I'm going somewhere cool. Um, so we're, we're in different we're at different points in time. Um, so yeah, there you go. Oh man, that's awesome. I'd I'd like to say if I had a week left to live on this earth, I'd, I'd probably still fit in a couple of runs. That's just where I am. Oh, there you go. That, that's because you're nuts. <laughs> um, and then and then that actually brings me into to the next question. Um, and it's probably the answer to this. I might be able to answer this for you and say I don't know. Depends how you feel. But someone asked. Um, you obviously got into, you said you went to a track for the first time two years ago. Yeah. Um, when is your next track race? Like, do you have any sort of race lined up? And No, uh, and, and, but, but we're working on it. I mean, basically what's happened this year, quite interestingly, 
uh, this this kind of comes back to being YouTube um, uh, inverted commas famous. What happened last year is we ran a lot of races, a lot of events, and after we did the event, the person that ran the event would get in contact and say, "Hey, we saw you put our event on YouTube. We'd love you to you know do it again. We'd we'd have we'd have given you a free entry if we'd known." And we're like, "Ah, we should have um we should have asked them in advance." So what we've done this year is we've gone out to a whole bunch of people that do all sorts of things, cycling events and running events and obstacle course races. And we basically said, look, we want to fill our diary this year with stuff. And I mean, if we need to, we'll just buy it all like we did last year. We have no problem with that. But it would be silly not to ask you if you want to kind of be involved in that. So we're going to wait. And already people are coming back and they're saying, yeah, it'd be amazing. You know, do our race and stick it on YouTube. It costs us nothing to give you entry and and, and it's good for you. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be compiling basically a whole long list of things we're going to then pick to do, and and, and we'll then know by the end of February what our what our year looks like. But as it stands at the moment, we have nothing. But that that's only because of that process. We will be doing uh, lots uh, and a lot of cycling this, this year. I, I kind of feel that because I did a lot of high rocks training last year, I missed out on my cycling. So I'm I'm and, and I like cycling because I'm big. It doesn't it doesn't slow me down or. It slows me down because I'm heavy, but it doesn't pound my body the way that running can. Mm. Uh, so I like mixing up my running with some cycling. So, so yeah, no idea at the moment, but there will be lots. But there's definitely a few races um, on that. Oh, run. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. If you're looking for a good challenge between now and then, I actually uh, really would like to take you on in the handicap race. So pretty much the way that would work is we'd do a 5K um, and you would say, I think I'm in 24-minute shape, let's say. Or, no, you could give him that. Let's say... Uh, you, I was going to say, if I'm in 24-minute shape, I've lost a leg or something. What's you, going on? You, th you think you're in <laughs> sub-20 shape? Sub-20 shape? Uh, I, uh, today, I'm probably in 20-minute-30 shape, but but um, but um, pretty soon, I'll be back to sub-20. Okay, okay. So let's say you're in 20-minute shape. I'm in 15-minute, yeah. 5K shape. Yeah. I'll let you go all five minutes before and... um. Yeah, I see if I can chase you down over five k. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when, when I'm in when I'm in sub twenty set, I'm not. I, I put none of my five k. Uh, one day, I simply won't be able to run sub twenty five k's anymore. That that day will happen. But at the moment, I still have the potential to get myself in the place to do it. And and it, it was a huge goal of mine. I started off running five k's at forty two minutes. Mm. Uh, it took me a long time to get down to to sub twenty. So for me, sub twenty is my um. It's it's, it's uh, that that's the thing of most value to me. If anyone says, "Yeah, you know, what's your biggest physical achievement?" It, it's it's being able to run a sub twenty five k from such a low starting point. So yeah, I never do anything with my five k's on the internet if I'm not doing them. So for example, when I raced against that 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 little kid Louis, uh, I knew I was going to go sub twenty. I wasn't going to get beat and also do a rubbish time. So yeah, as soon as I, as soon as I'm under twenty minutes, yeah, I can. I, it'd be quite fun to be chased down because that I'm someone that I, I kind of run off my ego. So it doesn't really matter where I am in a race. If there's someone near me or catching me or just in front of me, as far as I'm concerned, that's the race. You know, we might be 100th position and 99th position. As far as I'm concerned, we're first and second. So I, I love I love that kind of, um, yeah, that kind of, that push. Yeah. Competitiveness. I know, I know you, you're obviously very competitive because in one of the more recent videos I watched you, you took off with a parkrun leader. Uh, and in that parkrun, I think the leader ended up doing I don't know, it was a pretty, pretty good yeah, time, like 17 yeah. minutes. I think you came in sixth in around 20 minutes. It was a bit of an off-road course. But yeah, hey, as no, soon as I, that I, gun I, wins, you you weren't letting yeah. him go. You were hanging on for as long as you possibly could. So you've obviously got a very competitive edge in you. So yes. train hard for the <laughs> challenge, but don't train too hard because I, I need to hunt you down towards the end, please. Yes. <laughs> cool, cool, great. Well, so so good to chat to, to you. Um, you know, I've personally learned a lot. 
Uh, I learned that I need to spend a lot more time on YouTube videos if you want to make them world class. Um, but hey, it's all fun and games at the end of the day, um, especially my side. I'm enjoying it. Um, and thanks for putting out your content out there. Um, it's really cool. Good to catch up with you and, and can't wait to see what's to come. Yeah, no, no, you're welcome. And also anybody listening that, that's getting into YouTube should also know that there are kids that just film stuff on their iPhone in 10 minutes, upload it and get 20 million views. So um, there are other ways to go about it. <laughs> we, we've got to keep up with it. We've got to keep up with it, that's for sure. Cool. All right. Thanks so much, Mark. All the best. Thank you. Great. Cheers. Bye-bye.